prosecutors say that they're going to launch a criminal investigation of the uh, white police officer who shot and killed this man, Kenneth Chamberlain Sr., an African-American retired Marine inside his own home last November. The federal investigation comes on the heels of a grand jury's decision not to indict the officer. The grand jury's ruling yesterday left many people shaking their heads and many others, including Chamberlain's family, demanding answers. What they want to know is why police officers in White Plains, New York, who were dispatched in the early hours of a November morning to help Mr. Chamberlain, ended up killing him. Just after 5 a.m., Vietnam vet Kenneth Chamberlain, a 68-year-old African-American man with a severe heart, sets off his medical alert device. Mr. Chamberlain, this is your help center for life aid. Do you need an ambulance, sir? The operator attempts to talk to him on a two-way speaker in his home. Mr. Chamberlain, I'm not getting a response. I'm going to notify someone to come by and help you now. Emergency personnel are dispatched to his apartment to check on him. By 5.30, White Plains police officers are the first to arrive. Chamberlain is now alert and sounds agitated. I have the White Plains Police Department him on my door, and I did not call them, and I am not sick. Everything's all right, sir? No, it's not all right. I need help. The White Plains Police Department are banging on my... Over the next 40 minutes, officers repeatedly try to get him to open the door. I'm okay. I need to see that you're okay. I'm okay. You're okay. Others arrive, including medical personnel and Chamberlain's niece, who also lives in the building. I don't even think they cared about me, because they didn't even acknowledge me. At 6.13, police turn on a taser, which records this video. Mr. Chamberlain, please, the Chamberlain's got to check me out. Please, 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 Police say he had a butcher's knife in his hand, that he stuck through a crack in the door. Put the knife down and step right the door. Now, I'm not asking them, I'm telling you. Another officer is now standing outside a window in Chamberlain's first floor apartment. The district attorney has confirmed that in a section of the tape not given to CNN, an officer calls Mr. Chamberlain the N-word. <laughs> Meanwhile, police inside the building are using bolt cutters to get into Chamberlain's apartment. They believe he's used a chair to block the door. At 6.41, more than an hour after they arrived, police finally get Chamberlain's door open. They say he's waving a butcher's knife above his head, and they tase him. Seconds later, they tase him again. At this point, police turn off the taser camera. This is the last image we have of Kenneth Chamberlain alive. Police say he continued to come at them with a knife, so they shot him with several beanbags from a shotgun. Police say when that didn't stop him, one officer fired his pistol twice. One bullet hit Chamberlain in the lung, killing him. At 7.09 a.m., just about two hours after a medical alert dispatcher calls to see if the former Marine is okay, Kenneth Chamberlain is pronounced dead. Hey, we want to welcome you to You and the Law podcast show on the Bachelor News Radio Network. We are we just listening to a an audio recording uh, from CNN, courtesy of CNN. Uh, Keith, I want to let our listeners know when you hear November, want people 
this didn't occur in November of 2020. This actually occurred November the 19th of 2011. Just listening to the audio clip, Keith, is, is just, it's, it's very disturbing. Just to listen to that, I'm going to say maybe four minutes of an audio clip, but there is actually another uh, clip that that you can listen to the entirety of the encounter between police and Mr. Chamberlain. Um, and I want to let our listeners know what has come from this tragic uh, killing of, of Kenneth Chamberlain Senior Keith is a movie that Morgan Freeman um, is a part of that has produced this movie and is talking about the killing of Kenneth Chamberlain. And so tonight, Keith, we're going to be talking about what rights do police have enter into, as the phrase goes, and I hope I'm saying this right, Keith, a home is uh, a a man's castle is his home. So it's so we're gonna and I know we're gonna have some listeners, Keith, who will who will be listening in the chat room, who will have a lot of different opinions. So we wanna remind you that the chat room is open. Uh we're 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 live. Uh and if you have any comments, uh you're listening to the show uh, the chat room is open at blogtalkradio.com backslash L.A. Bachelor. And if you would like to come on the air uh, and ask a question or speak to us about this comment, please do so at 646-929-0130. But, Keith, um, very disturbing video, very disturbing audio to listen to. Virgil, and to the listeners, good evening uh, to everyone. Virgil, um so when does calling the when does asking for help uh, justify? Well, let me just say this. Um, well, hey, let's let, let's let's remember he he didn't call for help. He actually had a you know one of those little life alerts that uh, that are, you know that, that people have, and so the life alert went off. And, and I get the, that. And, and, and I get that. Yeah. I get that. And, and 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 we have to learn. There, there are sometimes uh, we can't force people to go to the hospital. Um, and I get it. I get the fact of a welfare check. I get that. This man is very clearly saying, "I don't want you in my house." Um, mm-hmm. You know. So we've got a, we've got a we've got a gentleman who we were going law enforcement, and I say we our industry. We're going, uh, got a call regarding his well-being. I get that. Um, but, you know, now this man is deceased. Um, you find out that there was the N-word said. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, and, 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 and even even if it wasn't racially related, even if it wasn't racially motivated, what's the purpose of the N-word? Why would it so be? you mean you got, yeah, so, why would it be you used? got so frustrated with this man, why was the N-word used? Now, yeah, there is a possibility that may have also enraged this gentleman. Um, but you know, my thing is, you know, when when does it, you know, when is it safe to call police? 
and 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 I know that we have officers to go out on welfare check. I, I will tell you when we get. I know we're getting ready to go on break, but when we come back, I will tell you that I that I think I know some of the concerns or some of the fears that that officers have. But at the same time, our citizens have fear, and, and they won't call us on certain things because they believe that um, you know something like this, maybe if not of this magnitude, if not of this, um, with this ending, but mm-hmm. there are those who, who don't want to call us when they need help. Uh, and, and so, you know, this, this, this operator or this med- Medicare med alert person was doing their job. I think the officers went there doing their job, but at some point this man is saying, don't come in. I don't need your help. Yeah. Don't come in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, that's, he, where, that's where you have to think, okay, what were the officers thinking? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, exactly. And, and Keith, you know, I want to remind our listeners that if you're just now tuning into the show, we opened the show up by playing a audio clip courtesy of CNN that um, where we listened to the police having a conversation with with Mr. Chamberlain inside of his apartment where he refused to open up the door. Um, since this incident happened in uh, November the 19th in 2011, uh, Morgan Freeman has come out with a movie called uh, The Killing of Kenneth Chamberlain. Google it, search it, you'll find it. It's a great movie. Mr. Chamberlain's son, Mr. Chamberlain's son and family played a, a significant role in how this movie came about. Um, and so, Keith, I'll say this before we go to the break. Um, well, we're going to go to the break, but when I, we come out of this break, I, I've got several things to ask you, but uh, you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Prevention works most effectively when people understand the risks and consequences, and the risks and consequences of inhalants is clear, but it's not well understood. It's frustrating because the danger comes from vapors found in a variety of very common household products that are legal, they're easy to get, they're laying around the home, it's easy for kids to buy them, and it's a problem. Kids and parents don't think of these products as dangerous because they were never meant to be used to be intoxicating, and yet that's what they're used for. When they're intentionally inhaled, they can cause serious harm and even death. Young people, parents, physicians, and others that influence youth need to be aware of this. So we're particularly pleased to have a partnership with the American Osteopathic Association, which is working hard to help us inform physicians to look out for these issues as well. SAMHSA has just released information that among 12-year-olds nationwide, alcohol is the only substance with higher use than inhalants. Inhalants exceed the rate of use of cigarettes, marijuana, hallucinogens, and any other drugs that 12-year-olds may be experimenting with. More 12-year-olds have used potentially lethal inhalants than have used marijuana, cocaine, and hallucinogens combined. So we're approaching 7% of our 12-year-olds in the country that are using glue, shoe polish, air freshener, hairspray, nail polish, paint solvents, gasoline, lighter fluid. These are everyday products with real life or death consequences.
Welcome back to the Bachelor News Radio Show. Uh, sorry, the Bachelor News Radio Network with you and the law, the you and the law broadcast on the Bachelor News Radio Network. 646-929-0130, the number to get in touch with uh, Chief Keith Humphrey, Chief Virgil Green, as they talk about uh, the killing of Kenneth Chamberlain. As uh, Chief Virgil Green mentioned that there will be a movie coming out uh, with Mer- Morgan Freeman uh, connected to it. Guys, it, you know, a lot of people are saying that, uh, and I, I kind of agree, doesn't this speak to how um, when you look at the uh, when you look at the uh, bi- he was bipolar and he had some issues that m- maybe perhaps they should have taken that into um, consideration? Well, you know, I'm going to say, L.A., uh, that I don't believe these officers, well, I know these officers did not fully understand Mr. Chamberlain's medical condition. Uh, the They received the call from this uh, life alert company say, stating that Mr. Chamberlain had, they had got some type of an alert from him during the middle of the night and so Mr. Chamberlain actually talked to this person and told this person that he was okay. Uh, but for whatever reason, they dispatched the police anyway, probably without informing them of his medical condition. Uh, and so one of the things that was not uh, discussed in that CNN audio clip L.A. and our listeners, that Mr. Chamberlain's daughter lived in the same building. So at some point during this uh, 45 minutes to two hour, his daughter actually came to his apartment. And based on the information that she shared in another news story, the police basically ignored her, acted if she wasn't even there. So they had the opportunity to have a family member go into the apartment or try to talk to Mr. Chamberlain, which this is his daughter, that she could have, you know, handled the situation better. So uh, I just don't think these officers, first of all, they, they didn't have his medical history. And, uh, you know, you have to question yourself, even if they knew that information, would that have even mattered? Let me let me say this. Let, let, let me say this. Um, we're not armchair quarterback backing. No, we we are just talking about the common sense of the response. So, you get a med alert. The man say he's okay. I get the fact that the operator was doing her job on the send someone out there anyway. I get it. Um, don't know if if if. If paramedics came with the with police, don't know that. Um, I, I don't know if that's if that's the case. They but, came with the police you, later. Later, they, they, they were dispatched later. Uh, after, later, yeah. Okay, so so you you um, you get there. He's talking through the door. Um, he, at some point, he does stick the knife out the door. Uh, an hour later, you, you gain entry. The, 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 the question is, during that hour time, 
before they gained initial entry. Um, as you said, what information did they try to obtain from the daughter or from the meddler company or whatever? Because the, the courts have said, number one, if a person, if you go out there and a person does not want to, in that situation, and we're not talking about someone who's non-responsive. So let me just say this. We're not talking about someone who has had a medical episode and, and it's unresponsive when they try to reach them by phone or by med alert, they're not responding. We're not talking about that. We, we understand. And, and the courts have said, uh, that that's an exigent circumstance and you can up to force entry into that house to check on someone. So that's not even the issue. The issue becomes this man is being active. He's telling you he doesn't want to talk to you he doesn't want you in his house he's okay he's told the med alert person that that one hour there that they that they continue to talk with this man what information did they find out uh like you said uh hey med alert do you have a phone number for the daughter do you have a phone number for his doctor do you have a phone i mean that's that's what this uh de-escalation techniques are and that's what you know, we are at a point now where we we have the luxury of doing that because you're looking at this man. He's inside his apartment. There's nothing against the law for someone to damage their inside apartment. There's nothing against the law for someone. And, and the question will come, was he an imminent threat to the officers? Because he was behind the doors with a chain. The officers could back off for distance. So it, it becomes that where was the, you know, the exigent circumstances for them to make entry inside the house. So I, I, I don't know. They've got to articulate that. We're, we're watching a video. Uh, but, but I will tell you that that hour that, that they were trying to get in this, in this gentleman's house, Mr. Chamberlain's house, for whatever reason, you know, to talk with him or check his welfare, there's a lot of proactive things, I believe, that could have occurred. Well, Keith, and, you know, definitely there's a lot of proactive things that, that could have occurred. And, and one of the things is that where you have to ask yourself, where was the the de-escalation? There was more of an of an escalation. The, the escalation progressed. You know, on the door, he talks to them through the door. He tells them everything is fine. He didn't call them. He didn't even know that this life alert uh, company had called the police. So he is well aware of his surroundings. He's not, you know, he's not out of it. He he clearly knows that he did not call the police, and he doesn't need the police. And so, but for well, whatever you know, reason, the police let continue. Me say this. Let me say this. And, and, and the courts have also said this, this is a very... Um, uh, debated topic also uh, it comes down to those you know a barricaded person um, when a person barricades themselves in the home and there's no other person around and, and they're not causing any imminent danger to anyone they're not shooting out of, the wind, out of the window they're not shooting inside the house there's no other people inside the house it's just them um, the courts have said that if that's all you have we don't think that forced entry into that house justifies because you force entry into that home and it escalates on behalf of this individual, then it comes back that the officers caused that elevation uh, of, of 
of response from that individual. The courts would say just because someone is damaging their home or just because someone is mentally ill inside their home and they may be doing that. We're not talking about pointing a gun out the window shooting. We're not talking about that. Question becomes, and, and you're going to hear this a lot, and L.A. has heard me say this over the years that I've been on his shows, is it comes down to there is a there is a perception out there, whether it's, it's reality for some people, but there's a perception out there by law enforcement that you cannot leave that house or that residence without doing something. And if you do, there's a larger liability out there toward the officers or the department, and the department will not back an officer for doing their job. Now, this is the deal. Common sense has to kick in. You can articulate why you didn't go inside that house. You can articulate. There, I think there's way. I think I think we get caught up in the moment. Emotions get in, and we feel like we've got to go in that house. If we don't, he's not going to tell us we're there for a reason, and when we're there for a reason, we got to do something. We. I, th- I think that's that's what happens sometimes. We we don't we we don't and, and my question also is where was that supervisor was there a supervisor on scene what are their protocols for that um did they try to call them? I, I, I don't i don't know those are there are so many questions but i think it just why not back away where it's not an exigent what where you're not in danger um yeah and and then try to talk so i, I those those are things you try not to arm to a quarterback but Man, it's a lot of unanswered questions and concerns that 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 I have related related to that, and I'm sure listeners have something, but you know, have some concerns about that. But the N word, really? The yeah. N-word. Well, wow. Yeah, which was which was totally uncalled for. And, and Keith, just like you you've mentioned, the Supreme Court has put some limits when police can enter. In, enter into a home without a without a warrant. This are, this was not a warrant type of a situation. This, as you know, was they were responding to check the welfare of Mr. Chamberlain. They so how did the situation go from responding to a medical uh, call to now? No matter what. If you don't open up the door, we're going to forcibly come inside of your home because, once again, it's that authority figure that tells you, if I tell you to do something, you better do it. And if you don't do it, we're going to use whatever force that we that we need to use to enter into your home or your car. And so in this situation... Repeatedly, you hear Mr. Chamberlain telling them he's fine, he doesn't need them, they need to leave. Even the daughter expressed that to the police while she was there, but they totally ignored her. So, Keith, and, and one of the things, like you said, when we opened the show up, the show up, Keith, we're not being armed, we're not being Monday morning quarterbacks on this situation, on this incident. Now, this happened in 2011. I asked before we went to the break, Keith, there are several things that have happened 
after this incident in 2011 that has gained so much national attention, Trayvon Martin in 2012, Michael Brown in 2014, Tamir Rice in 2014, the death of Art Eric Garner in 2014. All of these incidents, all of these things occurred where there was some type of public outcry because of what happened, which led to protest. Black Lives Matter didn't even exist in November of 2011. So this 2011 did not gain a lot of media and national media attention. But Keith, we're coming up and we're going to take uh, our break. But when we come back, we're going to get back into the topic of the killing of Kenneth Chamberlain, but you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Hi, I'm Amanda Pete. Like all new parents, my husband and I want what's best for our baby. When it was time for our daughter's immunizations, we wanted the facts. So we carefully researched vaccines. We spoke with doctors and other experts and asked some tough questions. We decided that vaccines were the best thing for our child. I urge you to get the facts. Learn the facts about vaccines so you can make the best healthcare decisions for your family. Thank you. A message from the American Academy of Pediatrics and VaccinateYourBaby.org. If you're an African-American man, you need to know about oral cancer. Oral cancer is more common in African-American men than in any other group in the U.S. If you have a sore or lump in your mouth that doesn't go away after two weeks, see a doctor or a dentist. Most often, these symptoms don't mean cancer, but it's important to get them checked. If you do have oral cancer, it can be treated more successfully if it's caught early. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. airtime.pro as you listen to it now. Uh, 646-929-0130, the number to get in touch with us. Again, guys, um, I think um, going coming out of the last break, a lot of people are saying, you know, protocol. And there's a lot of mistakes there. I think someone said that it was actually the niece that was there. I don't know if it was in the report that niece or daughter, but that's irrelevant in, in, in the scheme of things. But a lot of people are saying the protocol apartment, where's the protocol? Um, uh, and I think, Keith Humphrey, uh, if you can answer that, because I think you hit it on the head, using common sense as a man, I mean, there's laws in place, as you said, the Supreme Court uh, put in place in terms of if people say, you know, their welfare, they're fine, they're fine, they're in their house, they're in their house. At some point, you can't be, you know, renegade cop or super cop or 
all that adrenaline going, at some point you got to use some common sense. And if you don't use the common sense, it shouldn't take long for video and all of the things, all the circumstances and facts that come out, guys, uh, to prosecute these guys. Well, I, I will tell you this. Uh, uh, every department should have policy on responding to uh, individuals who are in distress, or and that, that includes um, needing medical attention. Uh, and a lot of departments will have... Uh, will mandate that, that medical personnel or fire personnel who are paramedics or EMPs accompany. And the law, the laws in many states, and I'm not surprised if it's not in all states, you can't make a person go seek medical treatment. Um, when you start dealing with someone who is in mental crisis, the laws are pretty clear-cut throughout the uh, nation that if a person is a danger to himself or others, uh, you you have a you can either release that person to someone who will be responsible for them, but you have to be able to articulate why they're a danger to themselves or others. Uh, if you can't articulate that, then you don't have the authority to put someone in emergency detention or take someone from their home. Uh, the the questions I would ask L.A. and Virgil and to the listeners: uh, Did they ask the niece? I wish you'd be responsible for him. I kind of get it. If the man has a knife, um, you know, you kind of say, okay, is it comfortable leaving the niece here with this gentleman? But I think this was a medical alert. I think once you see the gentleman doesn't have any medical concerns, uh, I think you have to start thinking, okay, we may not need to go in that house, or we might just need to leave. Or, hey, call a supervisor over and ask if, if a supervisor wasn't there. But, you know, I get it that 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 you know it, it does it is concerning that this gentleman was putting a knife outside the door. The, the question was, the question still remains: Was he in crisis, mental crisis, and does he have a right to do that inside his house? Because the thing that gets me were those officers in exigent circumstances outside that door with the chain, where they have an opportunity to back away. That, that that's that's the biggest question. Or did they ele- escalate? his actions by forcing them way into the home, you know, continually talking to him, calling him the N-word, trying to gain entry into his house for over an hour. Did that agitate him more? Those are going to be the things well, Keith, that, those are some additional questions they got to answer. Well, Keith, and, and you're right. And I think what, what actually occurred was they continue to escalate the situation because, he repeatedly told them that he did not need the police. He did not call the police. Even in one, even in the audio clip that we listened to, you heard one of the police officers say, well, you called us. And he clearly says, no, I did not call you all. And he is clearly telling the life alert people he has a problem because of the White Plains Police Department is at his door. And he did not call them. He he did not need them. He wants them to leave. And so at what point, and then you have the fact that he displays a knife through the door. At what the, point the, the, before the all of that happened? Chief, at what the, point, the, wait, hold on a second. Chief, but before okay. all of that happened, why did they not just say, this man is fine, he is okay, 
we will leave. What happened? Why didn't that not occur? Go ahead, Ellen. And even with that, and, and just uh, uh, Chief Humphrey, you can follow up with, with, with what Chief Green is saying, but he, the opposite of that is he clearly uh, talked to, to 911. They clearly talked to him. Then all of a sudden something's fine. Isn't that a red flag that, okay, it was fine, now he's, he's screaming and hollering. Ain't that a sign of something not right? I mean, and, and to the sense that maybe yeah. he's got a medical condition, so now you want to bring in someone not with guns, with something else with the guns backed up. Of course, you got to have your police there, but now you want to take a different approach, not bang down the door and tase them and, and ultimately shoot them. It doesn't make any sense. Well, let me say this, well, L.A. I could tell you a lot of this is, is liability. Nobody wants to be sued these days, and, and officers think that if they don't do something, they're going to get in trouble. And no, protocol is if you have someone who's agitated, you can't send medical personnel in there, especially with someone that has a weapon. You, you can't do that um, because now they're not equipped or they're not trained to address someone with a weapon. So, no. And, and you even have protocols where medical and fire department will not even go into a scene until it is secure. So that's that's not uncommon on that. Um, and that's where you have to be. That's that topic that's debated on a regular basis regarding uh, non-law enforcement personnel versus law enforcement personnel engaging individuals who are in crisis, whether it's uh mental crisis or physical crisis and that that's a big concern and, and i and i think that 98 percent of the time that there are those incidents where someone of a men, of in a profession of mental health could handle that situation without a direct uh presence of police but it's that two percent that you never know it starts out calm. It's just like law, like police work. The majority of our calls are nonviolent. They're they're they are routine calls, basic calls for service. But it's that percent of those calls that turn violent, and so you have to have, and that's why you have police there for that reason. Now I go back and I say, the question's going to be, <laughs> did that man have a right to be in his home? And ask the police not to get there, not not to not to come in. Did he have a right to tell them, "No, I don't need you. I'm okay." And I think even if they would have gotten there, but I'm telling you, I think what these officers were thinking in that situation that if if we got this medical call, we don't go in, we leave this situation, and some way somehow this gentleman ends up dying or hurting someone else, we're in trouble because we did not do anything about it. And so they get to the point that we have to do something. And, and, but you don't have to call somebody the N-word. Uh, you, you don't have to spend an hour trying to get inside of a house uh, of a person who's telling you to leave. I mean, I think an hour kind of says, okay, he's getting agitated. He doesn't be to have any medical distress. We'll document that. We'll notify his family or the caretaker, and we'll leave. I, I think an hour trying to get in and things like that. I think that's where the problem becomes. So, Keith, let me let me let me say this, and I want to I want, our, I want our, our listeners to understand that 
Mr. Chamberlain on this night, during the he was not having some type of mental health episode. He accidentally hit his alarm on the alert. The dispatchers prior to the police getting there spoke to Mr. Chamberlain, but for whatever reason, they sent the officers anyway. Now, Mr. Chamberlain was 68 years old, November the 11th of 2011. He is a retired Marine. Now, he has bipolar. So because he has bipolar, I don't want people to get the impression that he was having some kind of medical episode that the police needed to be there. So clearly when he told the, this life alert company that he did not, he was fine. He was alert. He wasn't incoherent. Uh, he talked to them. So this wasn't a situation where someone called 911. It was a life alert who alerted the police. But the main thing in this, Keith, is that Mr. Chamberlain was fully aware of what was going on around him. Now, he clearly became agitated when he did not need the police, and he clearly said he asked them repeatedly to leave. So at what point does the officers use common sense to say, we're communicating with this man. This man's daughter is actually here, which they actually totally ignored her presence. And this is according to a news interview that she gave. They totally ignored that she was there, the daughter. So this wasn't a situation where, hey, we need to get a hold of a family member to try to con come here to try to calm him down. Clearly, they had a family member there. They didn't utilize her, uh, and what they should base once Mr. Once this man says, "Hey, I'm fine. I don't need you. You can leave my apartment, leave and go home." Mm -hmm. Now, Keith, you mentioned something earlier about mm -hmm. the liability. Mm -hmm. Officers afraid. Well, if something happens to him, now they're going to come back and say we didn't do our job. Okay, clearly this man is talking to you. What much more common sense? And, and Keith, I'm a I'm going to take myself out of being the host of the show and put myself in just as a listener. If somebody's listening to this and they're going to say, well, then how, many more, how many more times do you need to tell the police not to do something to, that you don't need their assistance? But, Keith, I, we're coming up and we're going to take a break, but I want to share with you and our listeners a similar incident occurred between a husband and a wife that made it all the way up to the Supreme Court, but they were white and this man was black. So the question is, does race play a role in how police respond and how they react once they determine, you look like us, this other person does not look like us, so we don't, we're going to do whatever we want to do. How how much of that plays into officers' decision making uh, because of an incident with similar? Uh, a wife called the police and said she needed the police. But Keith, we're going to take this break and we're going to come back. We're going to get back into the topic of the killing of Kenner Chamberlain. But you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. <laughs> 
received an activation from your pendant. Do you have an emergency? I'm not getting a response from you. I'm going to dispatch emergency services now. White Plains Police. We're here for a welfare check. Open this door! You're not coming to my home! Help me! Help me! I need help! Welcome you back to You and the Law broadcast show on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where if you're just now tuning into the show, uh, the topic of the show is the killing of Kenner Chamberlain. Uh, Mr. Chamberlain was killed inside of his apartment uh, November the uh, 11th of 2011. We're coming up on uh, almost a decade ago when this incident happened. Uh, you might ask yourself why we're talking about something that happened almost a decade ago. Well, recently, uh, Morgan Freeman, who is the producer, has uh, come out with, uh, will be coming out with a movie called The Killing of Kenneth Chamberlain. And this movie, uh, Keith, um, listening to Morgan Freeman talk about uh, this movie, how passionate he was to put together a cast uh to portray the the true this true story that took place uh with uh Kenneth Chamberlain and so before the break Keith I had mentioned an incident that had occurred between a husband and a wife where there was some type of domestic going on between the both of them the husband had not physically you know, assaulted the wife, but the wife, she just, she called 911. So the police responds to the home. Uh, they are not let in by the husband or the wife, but they gain entry. They use force to gain entry into the home. They ended up arresting the husband, and he was charged with resisting arrest and some other things, Keith. The uh, the husband asked the question about what authority does the police have to enter into my home? Well, the the lower court uh, ended up finding that he was guilty, so this went to the appeals court. The appeals court also uh, stood by the ruling. Court it gets up to the to, I believe, another circuit court. Well, that circuit court reviews it and determines that that court made an error because the police did not have exigent circumstances to go inside of the home and to eventually arrest this man. But the, the point that I made before the break, Keith, was that this was a white couple. Mr. Chamberlain is black. And I just asked the question because I, I'm pretty sure some of our listeners out there will probably ask the same thing. What role does race play in this? And you know, Keith, we 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 we're all we. This show is about being open and, and transparent, 
Uh, and you have to ask yourself, and I don't want people to say, well, here you go, you're putting the race card in. Well, here's a situation where a husband and a wife uh, who were white, husband didn't get shot, he's fine. Here's a situation where a black man who is a military veteran, who is a Marine, retired Marine, um, but he ends up dead inside of his apartment, all because Keith, he accidentally hit his life alert during the middle of the night. So he woke up stunned as to what's going on. But he, he's not having a mental health uh, episode. You know what, Virgil? Um, hold on, let me make sure I'm not muted. Okay, Virgil, let me oh, say this. You, 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 you hope race doesn't play a role in it. We always hope that. And I think there's a, a, a majority of these incidents that it doesn't. But the N-word was used. The but N-word the N-word was, was clear. Yeah. yeah. The N-word was used. Um, now, I'm going to say this, Keith. Let, let, let me say this real quick. So the N-word was used. They, just because of the building that he stayed in, they just assumed that Mr. Morgan was a, I mean, Mr. Chamberlain, was a black man. They had no picture of Mr. Chamberlain, but this one officer hauls off and says, hey, Ian, open up the door. Now, now you can, let me say this. Uh, they could have had information in the call notes that he was black. But you got me, you got to look That's at it that a, way. And what that, I'm saying is, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying they you gotta take you gotta get benefit of the doubt that they may have been provided that information that this is a 68 year old black male to provide descriptions of this gentleman to the officer so when they contact him they would have an idea who he is. Not justifying anything. I'm just saying that's a possibility of how they knew he, you know he was black. But at the same time, if that's not the case, <laughs> you're right. How do you how do you assume? Because I've seen what you believe a predominantly minority um, housing, and you know that you have Caucasians living there. And I've heard officers say in my career, "You don't look like you live here. Why are you living here?" And, and exactly. so and so you know. I mean, so you you hope that that's not the case, and that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. We hope that's not the case, but. Yeah, man. We, well, well, you know. and Keith, and you, and, and, and you know, and I'm gonna say this, and I think this is something that, you know, you really have to listen to multiple audio clips of this incident that occurred in 2011. Would it surprise you, Keith, to know that there was a black police officer there present? I mean, no, it wouldn't surprise me. And so the, the now with a black officer present, at, at what point, you, you know, Keith, and, and, and I'm going to really step out here to the right, not to the left, but to the right, and say at what point does a black police officer stand up to a white police officer and say, listen, man, this is not how we conduct ourselves. 
instead of just saying, hey, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because that might be my sergeant or he just may have seniority over me. But in your gut, you know what he is saying and what he is doing is clearly wrong, but you don't want to make any waves. But at what point do you have to just stand up and be a man, not just in the uniform, but be the man in the uniform and say, listen, listen, dude, we're not going to do this. This man has clearly told us he is fine. Let's leave. It it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter what race that officer is to stand up and they have a duty to intervene. So it, would, it, would, it wouldn't matter if they were white as no, Asian. Somebody, somebody there had a right to intervene. And it comes yeah. down to that emotional intelligence part where you're saying, listen, man, you're getting agitated. Let me try to talk to him. Yeah. Hey, man, this man doesn't want us here. Let's see what we can find out from his family. Is there a need to be here? Because if you go back mm-hmm. and listen at that, if you go back and listen to that audio, the initial contact with Metalert to him, I, 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 I think she said the patient isn't answering. Um, he's, he's non-responsive, uh, unresponsive, non-responsive. I make sure I get to whichever way is supposed to be the right way. I'll say both words. Mm-hmm. But I think it's unresponsive. Um, I get it. You got somebody who's unresponsive. You got an emergency. I, I, I get putting the officers out there. But once they make contact with the person, I think that changes a whole different dynamics of the way they respond. Uh, and, yeah, it, it's not common for somebody to, to stick a knife, but was he in a was he in a mental uh, crisis? Um, you know, what was, what was going on? Uh, and I say this again, could they have backed off to a point where they would not have been in imminent danger to that knife? Uh, that, that, um, uh, duty to intervene, that de-escalation. Uh, you know where did where did that? I'm, I'm just going by this an hour trying to get in this gentleman's house. I just want I just want to know what was what was said. I, I just want to know what was said. What actions were taken to to get additional information to determine if they could leave. Well, and Keith, let me let me share this another piece of information about this here. And and I don't know, you know, what the history of the White Plains Police Department is, which is in New Jersey, has with the black community. Now, Mr. Chamberlain's son, Chamberlain Jr., had, after this incident occurred, had learned that the Life Aid Monitoring Company had suggested to the police that they call the son, but the police actually refused to do so. So here's a situation we go back to asking ourselves, why did, where was the de-escalation? And it appears that this whole situation, it was, it started out with when they, when Mr. Chamberlain refused to open up the door to talk to them, to let them inside, they continued the the escalation of this situation but when when the police refused to call the sign that you have to really question what was these officers motive their intent because you're you're being told by the life aid who calls your 911 and 
and suggest that you call the the son, which they've got his contact information, but they refuse, Keith. Uh, that's going to be a question they're going to have to answer, man. And so that's going to be a question even, they're going to have to answer. And so, but this happened almost a decade ago, and 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 the. You know, we're coming up on the, the last minutes of the show, Keith, and, and we want to r- remind our listeners that, you know, if you miss any parts of this live broadcast, uh, to listen to the rebroadcast of the show, go to uh, blogtalkradio.com backslash L.A. Bachelor. Well, no, I'm putting out the wrong information, Keith. It's the bachelornews.airtime.pro. It's the bachelornews.airtime.pro to listen to the rebroadcast of this show. Because it is a great, it is a topic, and there's a movie coming out about the killing of Kenneth Chamberlain. But even during the course of this event, Keith, one of Mister, one of the the uh, Mister Chamberlain's sons, one of the cousins, approaches the officers and tries to explain that uh, her uncle's behavior and that he has a heart condition. But again, the officers cut her off. So you've got officers refusing to contact the son. Then you've got officers who have made contact that the family members are trying to make contact with them to let them know that he has a heart condition. This is why he has this life monitoring system. But they cut a family member off. And so... And I think about this movie, Keith, one of the things that I think people will be, uh, when you, if you get a chance to watch this movie, just the, uh, how much truth is in this movie. This isn't something that has been dramatized, Keith. It's been a movie that has really touched Morgan Freeman, uh, which has led him also, Keith, and I shared with the, this with you earlier, he has uh, donated over uh, over $500,000 to Ole Miss University mm-hmm. to him and another professor there to start up a, a, a criminal justice uh, program where they're going to teach police reform because, in his words, since the death of, of, of uh, Kenneth Chamberlain, look how many other unarmed black men and black women have been killed. And so, and another thing, Keith, had this happened in 2011, when did former President Barack Obama's uh, 21st Century Community Policing come out? Uh, 2015. 2015. 2015. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Keith, we, you know, I mentioned prior that, you know, we've had the, you've had the death of Eric Garner. You've had the death of Tamir Rice. You've had the death of Michael Brown. You've had the death of Breonna Taylor. You had the death of George Floyd. At what point do police understand that you have a role to protect and serve. And on this November the 11th of 2011, they were not protecting and serving. They ended up killing this man inside of his apartment. Now, 
these officers, the the grand jury found that that they were not uh, guilty of any charges, so there wasn't any charges brought up against the officer because they, you know, he he had a knife and uh, he refused to let us in. But Keith, you know, again, there are so many other stories like this here that we are not aware of. I wasn't aware of this, Keith, until I got till I saw a uh, a news deal with Morgan Freeman talking about this movie. And that's what got me interested in discovering more about uh, Kenneth Chamberlain and the, the killing of Kenneth Chamberlain. So, uh, but Keith. You know, I think there there has to be a better way for police officers to understand that your role is to protect and serve. If somebody doesn't need your service, if they are, are sound mind and body, what's wrong with, uh, with just walking away and not taking a man's life? Yeah, and, and I want to share with the audience. I, I don't I don't think their intentions were to go over there and and, and, and kill. Mr. Chamberlain, I don't think that their intentions were that, but I, I do think that it escalated to the point that they did have to utilize force, and I think they contributed to that escalation. Um, you know, I think just the the, the words they said, the, the basically telling we're coming in, we're coming in, and if this gentleman is is has some uh, uh, confirmed mental illness. Uh, we talk about bipolar disorder. Well, no, I would, I would, you know, again, I, I think when we use the word confirm illness, bipolar, I think if you look, again, I, he wasn't having a, a mental health episode that night. He was just no, 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 no. When, accidentally. Okay. I, I get it. But, no, what I'm saying is, did the, did the response and the encounter exacerbate his mental illness if he was bipolar? That's what I'm saying. Did did it did mm-hmm. it get to the point of where had he been off his medication? Was it one of those situations where that with the whole incident did it throw him into crisis? I, I don't know, but but I will yeah. I will tell you that those are questions that have to be answered. Yeah. Well, hey Keith, we're coming up on the last minutes of the show. It's been a, a great topic, brother. Uh, hopefully, our listeners, you know. Uh, were in, uh, you know enlightened by the topic that we talked about the the killing of Kenneth Chamberlain and definitely check out the movie with Morgan Freeman that's going to be coming out. Uh, but you got to ask yourself. Well, I'm, I'm going to make this comment before we leave. The, the killing of Kenneth Chamberlain shines a light on the racial injustice. Uh, and so, you know, how does this is this a teaching moment for law enforcement to learn? But Keith, we're going to. Uh, come back together next week and do another episode of You and the Law. But we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and listening to the show. But tune in next week for another episode of You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network.